A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Redmen Weekly Podcast. Your digest is from the best content happening across the Redmen Network this week. And remember, if you like any of these segments, you can get them from the full shows over on redmenplus.com. And if you use the code WEEKLY, W-E-E-K-L-Y, you can get it half price for two months. That's videos, podcasts, documentaries, interviews, features, and loads more besides. Right, let's dive into it then. First and foremost, we've got a clip from the player ratings show post-match from Nottingham Forest uh, yes that show happens every single week after every single game and this one focuses on Thomas Lai and what a genuine superstar he is Thomas Thomas Lai I mean good grief like talk about running out of superlatives for a footballer I, I, we spent the first five weeks whatever it was of the season just waxing lyrical about this lad because you come in you said it before hit the ground running like so many of our players have done of course but Sabozlai is levels to this like just a freak obviously he gets his two assists today and that doesn't even tell a fraction of the story about his performance like I'm just in awe of the way he gets about the pitch because I said it in my match right. right. he's everywhere though everywhere. he's everywhere and it's not just in the attacking sense because we spoke about it again I'm always repeating my own words I had an inkling no I wasn't sure but I had an inkling we'd see loads of boss creative attacking stuff in the final third because that felt like what he was he played a little bit on the wing for Leipzig and his, it was all about goals assists stunning long range strikes etc uh-huh. etc et but it's the defensive stuff that he's doing that I find so bewildering and yeah. amazing don't get me wrong, today a lot of it was about his attacking stuff, but he's still getting back and helping out and starting the attacks and not just finishing them. He's just, he's a freak. He's an yeah. absolute freak. He's, and he's a lad that does his homework yeah. as well. Like Everything is executed to the highest level, mm. whether it's in the defensive phases of play or whether it's in the attacking phases of play for us. The, the, the way that he he moves with the ball at his feet the way that he can he can drive the way he can pick a pass the way he can strike a ball all of that is you know you can coach and drill something and I, I, I always used to say that like you know again I don't really want to compare too much as individuals but I always used to say about like Henderson was the Ronaldo for me in terms of our centre mids he wasn't the most naturally gifted but every single day you know he worked on that pitch to try and become a little bit better mm. be a little bit more efficient be the ever ever present professional that he ended up being at his pomp at Liverpool Football Club whereas this lad is the Messi-esque version where it's we can coach you and we can give you all of the you know the tactics that we want you to deploy but we can't teach you the skill 
the composure, the quality in the class that you've just got in abundance. I think all of those traits that you have, nobody could have schooled you. You've either got them or you haven't, and mm. he's got them in the bucket load. And I, I'm just enjoying watching him play for it yeah. because I mentioned to you before, not not there wasn't every a nervous energy towards it, but it was. Who who is going to be that top dog in midfield for us? Who isn't? You know, Graham Bates has emerged in the last couple of weeks as a, as a really promising uh, prospect in that respect. Mm. But you, you can't look past Slobber's like Slobber's like is going to be that guy. There are going to be you know four maybe five other lads for the rest of the season fighting out two positions in that midfield because you can't you you know you can't not have Slobber's like in there. Yeah, there are games where we haven't necessarily needed them. Midweek was one for, yeah. for an example. That's fine. The opposition dictates that you don't need someone of his caliber in your squad or in your match day eleven. But for the Premier League, he's going to be the difference maker. Mm. He helps us win. 90% of our midfield battles against most teams in this league there will be bigger tests there will he will come up against the Rodri's the Parties the Rices yeah, you know uh, you know even the Casemiro's and, and and hopefully he can best them on the day mm-hmm. but anybody else mate anybody else is just fair game it's just there for the taking and he doesn't look phased he, he looks and I'll, I'll say this now he could be as transformative to us this season as Van Dijk was to us in his first season, as Fabinho turned out to be at the back end of his first season, mm-hmm. and as Salah was to us at the end of his first season. And we haven't had someone in midfield come in and have to be that person. No. But if I had to put my, my my life savings, which isn't a lot, on anybody, <laughs> it would be Dom Sobos. Like. You know what? It's interesting that, and I was just thinking as you were sort of finishing what you were saying, and it, it, you're right because when Alisson comes in, we were crying out for a goalie to go, it's all right, lads, I've got I'm this. the one. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Similar with Van Dijk. Yeah. We were coming out, we were crying out for a centre-half to come in and say, you, you had okay, I'm different level. Don't worry about things, I'm sound. And previously, prior to last season, the midfield was fine, mm. but then last season we've seen the midfield situation and how dire it was at times and no disrespect to those lads because they've all served Liverpool in their own way brilliantly of course they have but last season just fell apart completely so we were crying out for somebody to come in a few lads but one of them particular to go don't worry about it I'm, I'm here now yeah. and it's Tom Sabo's life it and it's interesting you said there because the Gravenberg stuff I've been guilty of going a bit overboard on Gravenberg I think he's brilliant and I still do but I, I almost lost sight of Sabozlai for a minute yeah. and then he does that today that statement performance and in my own head I go oh yeah it's Sabozlai it's it's it is it's yeah, got, it's he's got the to one. be and I, I said that to you before when we were doing the build up who out of those two did he share that role does, did, mm. you know, does the mantle is it a well respected thing within the dressing room that they just know and I think it is mm. and, I, and that's again no blight on any of the other lads and their abilities and what they're able to offer because they all offer something and add a value to this current side but he as, I, as I'm saying, I will stick my neck on the line. He will be as transformative a signing for us this season as the players that I've just mentioned and what they did for us and, and, and how they galvanised this team to go up a level. Yeah. And I, I just, as I say, still can't wait to see the best in a red chair come from him. Yeah, it certainly looks that way, doesn't it? He's, he's carried on his record of playing every single minute as well. Um, I said earlier on, I tweeted our like match man the match graphic, and at this point, I may as well just schedule that post with his face yeah, on his it, face like on it. every yeah, week. Honestly, yeah. it's frightening. It eight, really is. Eight point five nine, yeah. maybe whatever. Two yeah, yeah whatever you want to call him, it's got to be. They do just an absolute joke of a performance once again, and he's pride in wearing the shirt as well. That's what makes it that little bit extra special. 
Yeah, but don't forget, this season, the Player Ratings podcast is happening after every single game of football from the Reds. Uh, yeah, so get fill your boots with that one. Uh, next up, the Biased Football podcast was a brilliant laugh this week. Um, me and the team chatting about Manchester United's current plight, which Liverpool fan doesn't need to hear about Manchester United misery in their lives. Uh, I don't think one exists. So yes, uh, listen to this one as we talk through the perils facing Eric Ten Hag at the moment. The United stuff, again, which is equally as hilarious, if not more, because we obviously have such an inbuilt dislike for Manchester United and everything they are and stand for, uh, and the voices of the people who support (laughs) them as well. Um, um, It's just um, amazing to see these two clubs that Liverpool have had, both of them had had this big rivalry over the years, being a total mess when you consider that we were... Everyone looked at Liverpool in the summer and went, they're, they're in big big trouble here. And Liverpool have gone, duh, duh, duh. okay, it was a bit stressful at times over the summer, making sure the transfers got done to whatever needed to be done. Um, but they did it, and now they're just back to playing football matches. And United, <laughs> I mean, I, you, Chloe, you said it, I think you said it on the, 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 the Originals podcast before, like, who of Man United, who in that Man United squad are you meant to like like or get behind? Like they love that Lissandro Martinez because he's kicks people and they you like, like Hoyland, the even though he's not scored a Premier League goal. Yeah. He's the Champions League he's top goal scorer though, isn't he? He's <laughs> just on the oh yeah, sorry, I'm gonna put this out. Rasmus Hoyland has scored three goals from Manchester United so far this season, all three in the Champions League. So he's got three and three in the Champions League, which reads really impressively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> scored against Bayern Munich in the four three defeat, uh, and scored twice against Galatasaray in the three two defeat to yeah. Galatasaray. So Great. good on you. Good Stunning. goals. Well played. The the thing about Manchester United is with Pochettino, I know he's a good manager. I do. Eric Ten Hag, I don't know if he's a good manager. Like I can't, he was good for Ajax, but I do not know what the hell he's trying to do at Manchester United. I don't. All he's done is it's like me on FIFA, where I've uh, what I did last season. Oh well, I, I got you Bellingham last season. He was really good. I played with him. I enjoyed playing with him. And then I signed Mbappe, and Mbappe was really good. So I'll sign him again this season. And what he's done is, well. That Ajax when Ajax got to a semi-final of the Champions League um, and collapsed against Spurs, who aren't Champions League footballers. Um, well, they're the players I liked, and they play quite all right. So I'll just spend ridiculous money and bring the band back together. And the crap! I don't know what they've bought. I mean, eighty million for a lad who spins in circles. I've got no idea what's going or boot someone because Doku's had you off. I've got no idea what Eric Ten Hag is doing, what he's trying to do, what his style of football is. The the plays he's bringing in don't match what he's trying to do either. Um, I, the, the, there's just so many problems um, and to be perfectly honest with you I don't think the Glazers are at fault at this moment in time for this specific moment they are at fault for other things sure but Gary Neville yesterday tried to tell me um, when you give a child or something do you want me to read, do you want yes, me to, do you want me to read it so there's a thread that came off the back of this for, from the, yeah. the, the fallout uh, on, on Super Sunday 
Gary never come up to the studio. Him and Callagher had a little bit of back and forth on it, and then he took to Twitter. So this actually stems from Jonathan Northcroft, good friend, good friend of the show, uh, tweeted, Anthony, not good enough to start, sulks on the bench, comes on and does nothing except a stupid tackle and a childish flap to risk a red card. Man United's second most expensive signing. To which Phil McNulty, uh, a celebrated BBC Northwest sports writer, um, quote tweeted, Anthony cost Man United 80 million and no one can blame the Glazers for that. This one is on Ten Hag and United overpaid monstrously. Right. Then Gary Neville replied to this and said, Hi, Phil. Um, uh, I get what you were saying, but if the kids ask for something on a continual basis and the parents keep writing the check, who do you blame? I want to come back to that. Um, context on Anthony. We just lost to Brighton and Brentford and the club was in reactive panic mode as per usual and sanctioned and said yes to Casemiro and Anthony. It's all on the Glazers for complete panic and lack of leadership. They've done this for 10 years. Ronaldo to City in panic. Alexis to City in panic. Ajax couldn't believe we'd offered that money. Owners and directors sanctioned deals. Now I agree Anthony needs to do better but it was never a deal to do in those circumstances. So the... the the added party tries to explain that a bit more, mm. but Chloe, can I just like? I, I mean, for a start, how horrendously condescending is that mm. to Eric Ten Hag that effectively he's, he's, he's comparing him to a child oh. pestering their parents for something? And I, that that pestering the parents thing is right in a, in, a, in, a, in a, it's a useful analogy in other way in other ways. But these are grown-ups in a grown-up working environment. Corporate. Exactly. And if you, as the owner of a business or the manager of a business who had the hands on the pair of strings, and if you're the person who you've hired to do a job, comes to you and goes, I want this person, I want this person, you go, how much is it going to cost? And they go, 80. And you go, is that it? Yeah. They've given him the fiscal responsibility by letting him letting him buy that if that player's not right and if you if I did this in any business if you come to me and went I've got this idea for a, for this it's Steve in his upcoming series we'll talk about more when it comes out <laughs> but he had this idea for a series and we're going to make it happen and all of a sudden you've got you come it's going to cost this okay well I'll trust you because I've hired you I trust you to do yeah, the job but judgments. it's got a it's got a book's got to stop with the person who's 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 made the decision to to to, to sign Anthony and that's Ten Hag what you said before as well about um, what's he doing he just went back to you know getting the band back together mm. there is a method to that madness and it's the one area not necessarily I'm going to defend him on but I'm going to say I can see why he's done it he's going into a new environment and he feels if I can get players that I can trust that know what I expect from them, they can help bring in and assimilate some of those standards to where I'm going. Now, let me land it, let me land it. Jürgen Klopp had a very similar opportunity when he left Dortmund to come to Liverpool. He, and we all loved a lot of those Dortmund players and we was like, Marco Rus, we want him, we, yeah. we want Gota, you know, yeah. there's the Tommels, we, there are players that we just want. Just, why isn't Klopp just going and getting players that he's, but he's worked with? Because he knew it's one thing to play for Dortmund Exactly. It's a completely different kettle of fish trying to play for Liverpool Football Club. And that's not to say some of those players wouldn't be good yeah. enough, but it is just, and I wouldn't want to take them out of one frying pan and put them into another fire. And that's where Ten Hag for me has gone wrong because he's thought small town boys coming to the big city are going to be fine and they're going to be city slickers in six months, and they are not. They are still small-town boys absolutely drowning in the pressure of playing with Manchester United players and having to play and do what it means to play for their club at this point, moment in time. At the level of 
toxicity with other players and the player power and the the the, the like the the football politics that goes on in in the back room behind them it's just a recipe for disaster because now it's not only the infighting but the trust elements of it all is gone because players he knew in a different setting that he could trust now he's looking at them as it say i don't even recognize you anymore it's you're sorry, completely different sorry Chloe, I know you're gonna say but it's it's it damages his reputation because it's saying he can't spot a player. Yeah. yeah. Moreover, and 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 Jurgen Klopp didn't necessarily do that, by the way, because he didn't think the Dortmund players would be capable of going to Liverpool. He actually just doesn't like working with players that he's worked with before. Exactly. He likes the fun of meeting new people and new yeah, characters yeah. and testing them. And again, the freshness of the message a little bit as well. You know, some of those players who who, who knew him from before can undermine you or can undercut you if they can remember you. Know, if you if you if you behave differently, it's a bit like getting a new moving to a new town and getting a new friendship friendship group. Doesn't matter if you were a bit of a blurt as a kid, you know, when you, you, if you stick with yeah, exactly, yeah. and no one gets to tell it you what you used to be like. Dortmund either for club. Let's remember that it yeah, wasn't a great true, true, it, true. people sort of misremember that a little bit. And he also has great affection for Dortmund, of course he does, and he did a brilliant job there. But the last few months weren't ideal, so he probably wanted to sort of like fresh slate all exactly. Yeah, but I think, but so, I think yeah. Eric Ten Hag could have taken leave out of his book in what you're saying there and reinvent yourself, lad. But you, he shit, but he shit, yeah, he shit, he shit, but it's but he's Brendan Rodgers there. Yeah. Because he actually doesn't trust himself to be a, to be a Manchester United manager, he's had almost to get with these other lads. This is what Rogers did in getting like Allen and Barini in. Mm. It's like going. Right, he, he doesn't believe that they're going to buy into his message, so he's got other lads who've already bought Boarding in. And got, and these lads know what I'm talking. Moyes did the same thing yeah. when he took the United job, sacked all the United coaching staff against the recommendation of, of Ferguson yeah, yeah. And, and all them, and room. brought the Everton guys in. <laughs> yeah. And brought Fellaini, you know, he's bringing like these lads in who coached Everton and going, and then all of a sudden they're coaching these guys who've won the Premier League, and they're like, "Sorry, who the, f- who the fuck are you? Fuck are you?" Yeah, the the other thing about Eric Ten Hag is that like. Like you mentioned there, not just uh, at the out of their depth, Manchester United, the levels above Ajax. Ajax is a football club, yeah, historical, but the expectation is on a different level. Not just for you signing players who are now completely out of the depth. It's also a case of, it's Manchester United. So when Ajax hear that you're coming for a player who Eric Ten Hag has <laughs> already, you know, managed and clearly wants well our valuation has gone up by 20 mil there and Manchester United pay it and I don't care what Gary Neville says it is Eric Ten Hag who has gone to the club and said I really need him and if he wouldn't have been backed Gary Neville had been out on Sky Sports saying the Glazers have not the Glazers should have gave him the money the Glazers should have let him take control of who he wants to buy because we don't have a sporting director and there's the other problem is you was literally had Ralph Ranić was it who speaks a lot of sense you brought him in as an interim manager he was crap of course it's not what he's supposed to do and then he was supposed to be like the sporting director and you all fucked him off he spoke sense when he was at Manchester United but he was just not fit for the role that you said gave him the role that you actually had gave him He's, he was brilliant at what I, did you do I'm, yeah. I'm fed up with the fan base the cry arse and from the Man United fans at this point it's got to that point for me remember when Arsenal was really shit and it was like yeah. oh self pity and it was like hilarious FCV was boss for a good two years because the meltdowns were like it's User now seeing what we everyone else could see was coming, but user feeling it up close because obviously these were so you had the Arsenal tinted glasses on and you didn't want to accept yeah. what it was going to be. Man United fans are, have gone far beyond that post now, and they're at another point where I'm like, look, 
boys and girls we don't get to choose the owners of our football clubs like it doesn't work like that everyone there now has got the idea of getting you know state owned by whatever yeah. state and institution state owns the way forward that's how it's got to be we're that big of a club you need to be owned by a state if you want to compete and there's i get why people think you have to have that level of funding to be able to compete i get that but the thing is for me sometimes in life it's not just a football thing you have to play with the cards you've been dealt and only when you are come to terms with playing with the cards you can dealt you can start actually taking accountability for the individual things and the things that you can control so i.e Ten Hag is the manager right now. Ten Hag works with those lads round the clock, seven days a week. Ten Hag's the one that sets up the the tactics. He's the one that picks the starting eleven. He's sets the, the one standards. Sets the standards. Gives them the instructions. If those things fundamentally are failing, you need to be able to detach yourself from what's going on with Ten Hag and his squad of players and what's going on in the club. I said weeks ago, if he needs to stand any chance, he needs to ring fence his unit of people his team around them and say siege mentality mm. even if that means siege mentality with those as well yeah. those that are above us because they're setting us up to fail and if we just allow it and carry on down that path we will fail yeah the biased uh, football podcast happens after our weekly liverpool podcast every week where yeah we keep our red tinted glasses on and look at the rest of the premier league um something a little bit more straight battered uh, i speak to neil jones on Jano insight uh to talk about the results of the Ballon d'Or. Mohamed Salah voted just 11th in there and whether the likes of himself, Van Dijk and Alison Becker were dramatically overlooked in this year's awards. Because this section's totally all over the place, we'll jump to Mo Salah. Um, he's back to breaking records. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, we're, we're back in the only Mo Salah tweets and we're back in the, you know, the, in, in the big ones. And, he just continues to find new ones to break. And the, the, yeah. there was a few when it was like consecutive home games and all that kind of stuff. You know, he would have broken his record for most consecutive goal involvements had he not had uh, the Diaz. assist short off for Diaz, Luis Diaz yeah. at, um, at Tottenham Hotspur, breaking him, him and Jamie Vardy's existing record of 15, I think it was. Um, but he's now the, the record scorer in Europe for a Premier League player. Um, which a little part of me is a little annoyed that that came in the Europa League um, yeah. but um, you know he's overtaken Thierry Omri there and when you start to do things like that you start to realise I think it's, it's contextually difficult to place footballers when their career's alive yeah, yeah. but that for me he, he needs to be put in the pantheon alongside the Thierry Omri's of the, of the Premier League and I'm yeah. certain he will be by the time his career comes to a close yeah Jürgen said that in his press conference didn't he I think he said we appreciate him but he'll be appreciated even more when his career finishes he said people will will realise wow he saw something special and I think that about Salah you know he just obviously had the Ballon d'Or on, on Monday and he came 11th and listen it, it's difficult because you know, that 12 month period for Liverpool wasn't great and Salah didn't win anything um, but you, but then you look, you know, twenty nine. So in the calendar year, sort of first November to, to the first November, let's say, twenty nine goals. I think it's sixteen assists. It's close to, I think it's fifteen or sixteen assists. He's gone past. Um, he's become Liverpool's all time all time Premier League record scorer. Egypt fifty goals. Um, his best thirty goals all comps for, for last season for the fourth time in six seasons he scored against Real Madrid Manchester City Manchester United Tottenham 
Napoli, Ajax, you know, big games. Fastest ever Champions League hatcher away at Rangers. And he's sort of going... And it feels like all people say is he's not playing that well. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it feels like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't great today, but another two. Like, he's just, he's normalised the extraordinary, hasn't he? I think that, that's, that's the way I would describe, you know, he's made that kind of a shrug, almost. You know, he just he got a goal there against Forrest, you know, that's um, 10 goals for the season already, all comps. I think it's 14 goal involvements in 13 games this season. Um and you're looking at it and going, it doesn't ever feel like he, until he does something utterly spectacular, as in uh, uh, the goal against City yeah. or that Chelsea strike, it doesn't feel like people sort of register with him in the wider world. It just feels like people go, Salah's got another one, you know? Yeah. Like, it just, he, he has made the incredible routine. And I, and I mean that in terms of both the, the spectacular stuff, but also the, the, the spectacular consistency and the relentlessness of him. I mean, we could go back to transfers, if you like, the, 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 the summer and the debate about whether Liverpool should have sold him or whether there was a price that was worth Liverpool's while. I was always of the opinion that there wasn't, you know, albeit <laughs> the, the money did get crazy, the talk did. Liverpool have been proven absolutely right by what's happened in this first few weeks of this season because it's not just that he gets the goals or that he gets the assist. It's that you can't live no team can relax when he's on the pitch because it's almost a little bit like there's some players that when they're when the tails up you think, Oh, we're in trouble today. It it, it almost doesn't matter with Salah. You could Salah could be having the worst game of his, of his career, you know, Everton <laughs> is a good example, isn't yeah. it? Where he's, he just looks no team can relax because they think he's going to get one. He's obviously going to get one. He's going to, you know, and it, and it, okay, if he's not going to score, he suddenly developed this sort of ridiculous through ball ability that he just finds these incredible passes where I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a player do it. Where usually you see a through ball or a, a killer pass coming, you know, like say say a De Bruyne or a Steven Gerrard, you sort of see them setting up for this sweep and some, you can't stop it but Salah just has this one where it's almost like the ball's under his feet and he just he just fa- he just forces it through into with the, the outside of his foot yeah or like he that. drags it and then and then plays it like the one for the, for the second goal with, with, with Suboslai he's just got he's adding bits it's almost like he's sort of he, he wakes up some mornings and just says oh, what should I show today should I, should I play as a target man today and just sort of pin Defenders, I'll just I'll just do that for a bit. I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll start dribbling for a bit and I'll just go. He, he went past a few in in the Forest game on Sunday where it was almost like a f- throwback to like oh that was like 2018. You know he just went through the middle of the pitch. He's got this. You know he had a period where he just started scoring on his right foot and you're like oh, he does that now. Like he just has this like I say innate ability to just do great things on almost a weekly basis and you think now I mean listen I wonder what he makes for finishing 11th in that Ballon d'Or I think, he, I think he's had 5th, 5th, 6th and 7th and now 11th he's got AFCON coming up in, in January with Egypt I think that'll be a massive obviously marker for him but I wonder if there's anything in him if he has a really good season at Liverpool that makes him think I, I want to get back into that sort of well, top, top okay. period because I'm Messi, the Messi's gone now really yeah. you know from, from that, that list Ronaldo's gone from that list of course Haaland's here to stay Mbappe's here to stay Jude Bellingham's here to stay but there is there is space for someone who if they can get you know the trophies to go with the incredible achievements there is space for someone to to be in that mix 
he's not going to win the Ballon d'Or playing in the Saudi Pro League. I think that's oh, no, a yeah, very, very clear thing on this as well. Just on the other, other couple, because I thought it was interesting that Pep Guardiola was asked about the Ballon d'Or last week and he basically said, in his opinion, Messi wins it every yeah, year, but yeah. you should create another one. Yeah. And, Haaland win, and Haaland wins that for the last for the last year. And not, not many people are going to argue given the volume of goals that he scored. But I do think, to your point on Salah, and I think this this goes for Van Dijk and it goes for Alisson too. This nor- normalisation of greatness of... I don't know why it happens to, to Liverpool players and not to Real Madrid players. You know, like, you know, the, the yeah. same names end up in that list every single year, year in, year out. I know, I know Messi's won the World Cup, but he's now playing in, in the MLS. You know yeah. what I mean? He's finished, he's finished the year, the judging year, playing in a non-top five league in, in football to be fair he was actually I don't think France is in that either to be fair but which only strengthens my point I guess all those two I mean Alisson's not even yeah in the and was in, in the list and Bono who, who was obviously won, won the Europa League with Sevilla so of course and, and did really well with, with Morocco in the World Cup but yeah it's, it's funny how some players get to stay in there whether actually they have exceptional seasons or not whereas it feels like Liverpool's players have got to, have like, they've got to prove themselves they've got to win a European Cup yeah. to even be mentioned a lot of the time yeah but I think also and I, I, I have this debate a lot with, with people around Manchester United and Liverpool and the differences and I always think that Liverpool is the manager is the star at Liverpool. Almost, it's always it's always been that way. That the the sort of they have players who are brilliant and loved, but the manager is the one that if there's a battle, he'll win it. Yeah. With a player, whereas United, you know, you look at the flags around Old Trafford, Cantona, Dennis Law, George Best, Bobby Char- Bobby Charlton, of course, at the moment, but even even before, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, the Trinity statue. Yeah. Also. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Liverpool, you look around and it's Shankly and it's Paisley, and of course, yeah. Now the, you you will get Salah and you will get um, players, but the idolisation is more for managers than than player. I wonder where that manifests itself into. You don't realise that Liverpool have got stars almost because you're sort of you you you're distracted by Klopp or maybe or you're distracted by you know Dalglish in the past or whoever that you're saying. Oh yeah, like of course you know you think of. Um, I think Ian Rush is a good example of that. Like Ian Rush doesn't really get. I don't. I don't ever feel like Ian Rush gets mentioned in the same breath as an Alan Shearer or yeah. or you know, um, you know. I heard I heard someone saying the other day like about Haaland and I thought I get it. I get this comparison, but he said he's up there with you. You with the Alan Shearers, with your Rude Van Nistelrooy's. And I thought, oh, I said like you, you Rude Van Nistelrooy's. You know, like like a very very good player. But you know, let's 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 pick on sort of. Levels, levels of, of and you know, you, Ian Rush, three hundred and forty plus goals for Liverpool. You know, in if you if you think about how well Mo Salah's done, and he's one hundred and fifty behind Ian Rush. That 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 that's just well, that's scary, Gary Lineker kind of made this point on match today, didn't he? He was joking about how it was like records that were getting mentioned, and he's like, "Well, I didn't play in the Premier League, so it's like I don't exist." Yeah, it was, yeah, was, yeah. It was Gary Lineker's point, and Rush did, but obviously we got the the tail end of Ian Rush's career, which doesn't does does hamper him. But yeah, I think I do think you, I think it's an interesting point for debate. But it's it's mad for me if like it's like the Van Dyke thing. He got that not he got those nominations in like his first year of yeah. being at Liverpool, and he's had. When he's been fit, I don't think he's been significantly worse than than that than that season. Yeah, but it's almost like he had his run at it, and now he's never going to be mentioned for that. For those, he's never going to have a chance of winning the battle. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, listen, he actually 
Van Dijk's probably an example who he might because he could be the the, the fellow who lifts yeah. the big the big trophy obviously yeah. he's captain of his country he's captain of his club but yeah I know what you mean in the sense of it does feel like maybe it's <laughs> there's still this maybe there's still this feeling it's just just a phase of Liverpool it's, it's still just a phase whereas Real Madrid's success Barcelona's success Manchester United's success I know they haven't had much reason it's sort of it's taken for granted that they're, they're in that mix but it's almost like Liverpool have, oh they've come back into it but they might, they might fade away success is going to fade away when Klopp goes away yeah so possibly, really possibly. but I, I do think that as well. I think it's maybe a little bit of a, a, a I, I the Allison stuff's wild though mate I, yeah. to not even have him in consideration is, no. is absolutely I absolutely saw it, I saw like Randall Cole and Mawani was in the, in the top 30 and like you know I, I made a good impact at Frank Fair made a good impact at the World Cup as a sub top 30 Ballon d'Or player you know Trent wasn't in, in, in the list you know talent wise he's thinking really you know there was a yeah. Allison was Liverpool's best player last year. Yeah, he's the best, well, Allison's the best goalkeeper in the world, yeah. you know, and and the only one that would have a case otherwise would be Edison, as in, you know, he won everything and 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 he he is a key part of of, yeah. of the you know the best team in in Europe. But yeah, maybe there is just an element of, you know, Liverpool don't have those sort of traditionally have those stars that everyone in the world sort of relates to. They have them in the dugout as opposed to mm. as opposed to on the pitch. But just some people watching thoughts on that actually. Um do we feel like the Liverpool's, you know, should have had more representation at the Ballon d'Or or is it totally linked to the poor performance of last season? And is that therefore fair on them? But are there therefore double standards for certain players who can have iffy seasons but still be listed year after year? Let, let, yeah. let me know on that, people, if you're watching. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, we all know how good Dominic Soberslai has been for the Reds so far, but how does he rate against rival midfielders Martin Odegaard, uh, James Madison and Bruno Fernandes? Well, you need Woody uh, Wonder no more. The Deep Dive show this week decided to find out. You mentioned uh, things going well for Liverpool there, and a key component of that remains um, a certain Dominic Soberslai, and that's who we're going to be focusing on today. I want to speak about him generally and sort of how he started his Liverpool career, of course. 
Sports. Want to take a look back at the show you and Chris did, the All You Need to Know. I picked out a few interesting quotes from that and I want to see if they've rung true. Um, but also I want to compare him to some other Premier League midfielders and just how he stacks up against them. But to start with, we'll look back on his most recent performance, obviously against Nottingham Forest in the 3-0 win. Um, it's an interesting one because we can do all the stats and we can sort of really sort of delve deep into you know his numbers and all that sort of stuff which are very impressive of course they are but this time around in terms of just the eye test he's just passing it week in week out isn't he I mean obviously he gets his two assists he actually ends up with 106 touches four key passes three successful dribbles and four ground duels won but once again he's an absolute key component as to why Liverpool are winning football matches yeah, he's he's been a joy to watch. Genuinely, has um, I think he's very quickly established himself as like the you know when we signed like a Van Dijk transformer in defence, we signed Alison Becker in, in 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 the goalkeeping department. Maybe you could argue Mo Salah up front. Mm-hmm. I think he's already established himself as like he's the the main man. He's the kind of talisman for the midfield for the mm-hmm. next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Poster boy, if you like. Um, I think he looks very kind of like. Liverpool's version of Liverpool's version of De Bruyne mm. almost um, already and he, he, he's impressed me as well in a couple of departments like I, I hope that the quotes from the previous show that we did uh, are on the money I think they should be but one of the elements that surprised me on top of what I, what I said about him a couple of yeah. months ago was, is his physical level okay. like he's absolute engine mate like yeah. he's, he's got like the engine of, of what Henderson had mm. before he left you know and, and, and Milner and players like that Whereas if you were say, I think initially when we talked about Soboslai, I painted the picture a bit more of like a, a creative spark yeah. and, and things like that, and he is that. Mm. But usually it's quite rare to get both in one, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Liz. Yeah, you mentioned there that that surprised you, and what he has done as well is he's booked the trend a little bit in terms of Liverpool players, young club signings coming in, hitting the ground running. Now you mentioned Mohamed Salah there; he obviously did that. Virgil Van Dijk as well, and Alison Becker, of course, he did. But he's among a very small sort of elite category there mm. of lads who come in and just been able to go, "Oh yeah, I can do this, absolutely," and just fit straight into the system. Do you think that's sort of a credit to his ability? A little bit of Liverpool scouting. Do you think maybe sort of singling him out as the or do you think it just comes down to a little bit of pure luck as well and the fact he has just come in and just taken to it like a duck to water no I think it's a bit of everything but to be honest I'd say it's a bit less on the, on the luck side to be honest I think I do think it's a case of good scouting I think it's a case of good profiling for what we need for the system yeah. um, I must be honest like when we when we were linked with him he's obviously 22 years old mm-hmm. I, I naturally thought maybe we're not getting the finished product yet mm-hmm. and, and he will be that in a, in a couple of months couple of years or mm-hmm. whatever he already looks like a proven finished product, doesn't he? He, he looks like he's about 26 or something like that, and he's not. He's, he's just turned 23. So that that's impressed me. But in terms of like, you know, the the shape that Liverpool have moved towards, the kind of box midfield system and things, and the in playing as one of the advanced dates, he is ideal for that. And yeah. it was clear that he was ideal for that as well. He's, he's exactly that kind of player, receiving the ball in really, really small pockets of space, mm-hmm. creating in the final third, linking the play. Um, and being a natural presser as well when we do lose the ball. So I think profile-wise, he, he's been a perfect fit and we've seen that on the pitch as well. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned sort of his his running and he's obviously got the engine for it. We've seen that very early on with the lactate test when he absolutely cruised around that and looked like yeah. he ended broken a sweat. But what do you think that sort of... Because I don't think anyone really expected that. I certainly didn't. I, similar to you, I expected this sort of final third wizard, the one who's going to make things happen in that area of the pitch. I never yeah. thought for one second we were going to get this sort of all-conquering monster who's just everywhere, sort of 
putting out fires and getting us on the attack as well as doing that sort of stuff. And yeah. you've said it's been interesting because in the face of adversity, I suppose that comes down to sort of the intangibles because he's come to Liverpool Football Club, he's got Steven Gerrard's number, and has that just taken him up a level even in his own performance and in terms of his own his own willingness to put the shift in? Because I'm not sure Leipzig or Salzburg seen that from him, but now at Liverpool it's almost as if he's gone, well, I'm here now, like I need to go up a few levels myself. Yeah, well, I think that the Leipzig-Salzburg thing is definitely helped them in that sense though because obviously we know what those clubs are associated with they're under the Red Bull umbrella mm-hmm. it's about pressing it's about intensity and yeah. legs and all that sort of stuff so Soboslai is very much a product of that network and and he, he you know he played for both clubs I think he's famously said recently didn't he that he's never played in a derby because mm-hmm. he's only yeah. played for them yeah. um, so I think that's kind of helped them and I think he's he, he's came into Liverpool and he's now playing under under kind of like the the high priest of pressing in, in Jürgen Klopp, so he's kind of a, he's a natural fit in that sense. Mm-hmm. He's now seeing a lot more of the ball in comparison to to, to the, um, Leipzig in in the Bundesliga. Yeah, a lot more dominance. He's got better players around him as well, which is a massive benefit. You know, you're now feeding the likes of Mo Salah and Darwin Nunes compared mm-hmm. to players in the past. So I just think all around it, it's just been a perfect fit, perfect mm-hmm. storm really, and. Um, Everything has allowed him to just kind of hit the ground running the way he has, and it's scary as well because he's obviously still got plenty in the tank in yeah. terms of what we can get out of him. Still mm-hmm. at the age of twenty-three, just first Premier League season now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only imagine what he's going to be like in a few years' time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's not been playing in perfect circumstances week in week out. Mm-hmm. Even as you know, we've seen people sent off for Liverpool, of course, sort of that, that sort of adversity, and whether the whole side's completely settled around him yet is also still in question somewhat. You know, because we're not playing at our best, so how could he be? So you're right, there's still levels to go with him. You would imagine. Yeah, well, even the red cards, even they have surprised me because I kind of had a player in my head who. If you did suffer a red card, you'd probably look at someone like that, a creative spark to take off. Yes. To bring on a bit more of a functional yeah. player who's going to hold the four for you. Mm-hmm. But he's he's coped just fine when we've been down to ten men and even nine men as well. Yeah. He's proved that he can play as part of like a double pivot, which I wouldn't have expected. No. I think the the manager of Hungary is it Rossi? Yeah, I think Marco he, Rossi. Yeah, yeah, I think he said that he can play as a lone six, which is a bit extreme for me. Like, I mean, he wouldn't like to see it in the Premier League, but his versatility, again, is another element that I think has slightly surprised me. I knew he was versatile. I knew he had quite a well, well-rounded skill set in that, mm-hmm. but to play just anywhere in the middle of the park and look absolutely sound, you know, he's proved his ability to do that already. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I wanted to delve into some of the stats now. I look at the attacking stuff first and foremost because I've sort of compared him to a few different players, just ones I picked out individually, sort of apropos of nothing necessarily. Um, James Madison obviously moved to Tottenham over the summer. Bruno Fernandez, Martin Odegaard, Bernardo Silva, James Will Prowse, and Bruno Gimmerich. So the ones who I sort of felt off the top of my head were sort of the closest in terms of their fit, in terms of their style. Um, and I just picked out some interesting stats from obviously minute wise, um, only Sabozlai and Bruno Fernandez have played 900 minutes goals and assists so Bosley have one and two assists and the, the, the standout amongst all of this really certainly from an attacking sense was James Madison three goals and five assists obviously crazy numbers really in terms of that and he yeah. stood out a lot really in terms of what he been doing in the attack in the final third um, 3.1 key passes per game 1.6 dribbles from James Madison but it was interesting to me I'll let get your take on it in a minute in terms of what stood out statistically from Sir Bosley. but he 
doesn't necessarily didn't win any of the attacking sort of duels, if you like, in terms of the rivals. Even like Bruno Fernandes and people like that were sort of scoring higher than him. But he was very high across the board all the time. There was no real standout that's amazing in terms of his attacking numbers, but they were all very impressive. So I'm not sure. I know in terms of the Liverpool perspective, he sort of ranks highest in everything, like chances created, that sort of stuff. But is there anything in his game in terms of an attacking sense that you've got in particular that's so, so impressive? I think his his technique is is obviously flawless. I think that's one thing I've been impressed with, mm-hmm. like his ability to strike the ball. But even when he's taking set pieces and things like that, I think I might have compared it on a deep dive to like it's like a pitching wedge, mm-hmm. you know, like a golf swing when he's taking corners and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so his deliveries into the box, similar to Madison, similar to with De Bruyne, are really really on point. Um, like his first touch is really really good, obviously. All them kind of technical attacking qualities. I think Trent described them as a natural footballer, didn't yeah. he? And yeah. I think you can see that in the way he plays. But in terms of his numbers, as you, as you say, he's kind of like, I suppose, painting himself maybe as a bit more of an all-rounder. Yeah, I think so. Rather than a specific creator. And again, that sums up the way he's played so far this season. He has had to play as part of a midfield two at times because of some of red cards. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a lot more of the... Uh, dropping into his own half mm-hmm. to assist with build-up, I think, yeah. compared to the lad on the opposite side who maybe has been like a Jones or a Gravenberg. I think they've been a bit more inclined to stay a bit higher. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so much like just literally doing it all. Um, showcasing very few weaknesses, to be honest. And just that in terms of his, his creative numbers as well, very quickly. Like, Ma- Madison is obviously near the top of the league so far for yeah. assists. But in terms of expected assists, Sobosla has actually created more. Done him, yeah. which maybe is a critique that you could level at as strikers then at the yeah. players ahead of them for Absolutely. not finishing their chances and of course Liverpool booked their place in the quarterfinals of the League Cup thanks to an absolute rip snorter of a finish from Darwin Nunes on the final word show we had a good old chat about whether he is the new Suarez is he the new Torres or is he a bit of both it was interesting wasn't it lose the subs because like it I had no idea what we were doing once the yeah. subs come on because Trent nominally played. He definitely didn't play in the back four. He, he played as a as a six. But I, I don't know. I don't know that McAllister played in an eight. I don't know if he, that was more of a double pivot. Um, it was a little bit, you know, wasn't quite well balanced. But it's moments of it's moments of class to tell. Yeah. And it's funny because yeah, you know, look. The, the pass from Trent will be forgotten about forever because it's actually a moment of inspiration for him. I think Sobberslad just clips inside and Trent mm. just, right, forget it. Let's just get on the front foot. He'd been skinned at right in the right-back area a couple mm. of minutes early for the Bournemouth chances. Like, right, no, I'm going to show what I can do in this position. And then Darwin Nunes just does a Darwin Nunes. Um, in, again, in hindsight, looking back on it, amazing because you can hear the Bournemouth fans yeah. go, yeah. when he miscontrols it oh my god it's just priceless the whole the whole thing Darwin is just I don't you've just got to shut up and watch him sometimes yeah. because yeah we was in the studio going oh my god that touch what is he doing what's he doing oh Jesus Christ look at that goal that's just what he's, he's bringing at the moment he's just chaos he is the most chaotic player I can think of and you know what I, him getting the booze off the Bournemouth fans a lot of players, the heads would have gone straight off that. He just went, fuck it, I don't care. Just get in there, just have a shot. What's the worst that could happen? He misses, he's already getting shit from the fans anyway for yeah. that poor touch. I don't care if Darwin has 50 chances, like if he misses 50 sitters, because he's still going to score 20-25 because the amount of chances he gets. And 
can't think of anyone since i'm not saying he's to the level yet but suarez who's so just get at them have a go is you know he's just wild and i've got no issue if he wants to have pot shots from miles away because yeah. he's of anyone in that team he's most likely to score them yeah he'll score the stupid chances that you just should not be able to like rangers last year he'll score in his first touch he scored the volley like against uh, west ham yeah. goal against newcastle no one else tries that he does and when it comes off he looks well he looks class he's like, he's quite clearly this is what he is as a footballer. I don't think he's ever not going to be this. And by that, I mean, he'll get smoother and he'll get yeah. better and I think he'll get more consistent. <laughs> but I think he's always going to stupidly miscontrol things yeah. and he's going to try or sh- really awkward shots and look like an idiot because like, what are you doing? That's not how you yeah. kick a ball. Yeah. But as long as he's still got what you're talking about, that like the bounce back of... It doesn't matter yeah. because I'm just going to get it and then I'm going to score and maybe I'm actually going to get up. I'm going to be a bit more angry if I'm, that I'm getting laughed at. Don't let you. Don't. He's not letting his head drop. And this is what we never really got that last season. Mm. I felt like he was trying to be that because I think that's yeah. his natural character. He is a fighter, but from minute one he was having every, he was having his training sessions in like pre-season analysed you know by people putting yeah. Liverpool had some of his misses out and Uruguay put some misses out from training and he's getting slaughtered by fans on social media yeah. um, and I think that got into his head it feels like it's like almost like Klopp's cancelled him somehow mm. and gone you know that noise it used to say with Suarez like it's like boo if you want me to yeah. score a goal you know like that you know it's a bit like laugh at me if you want me mm. to try even harder and try and score and that's what that, that goal was Sam it was like oh well never mind alright I'm just you know what I'm just going to smash this into the top corner because fuck yous it was uh, very similar to the Suarez one on Norwich that's that's the similarity I'd make there definitely um, someone said on, on Twitter yesterday I think it was one of the journalists about it being similar to the one he scored at Stoke Suarez scored at Stoke with minus the nutmeg where yeah. he just bang bang and he's like wow where did that come from but do you know what he's reminding me of and someone actually said this the other day and, it, and then it pricked over my ears um, is he's starting to remind me more and more of Fernando Torres completely agree he's yeah, except he's probably doing more Torres was like an explosive centre forward who ran the channels and scored loads of goals he did link up really well but you can't keep Nunes out the game. Even when a back fours on their own on six yard line defending, he's still getting involved. And last season he really struggled with his all round play. His touch was off his back. This year he's playing one touch. Even though yesterday is a throw in in the rain. He's nice touch back to McCarthy gets back flicks inside. His all round play. It's like he's he's. You've just said there. He's just he's realised how good he is. I I I think he's unbelievable. I I I. There's no one in the Premier League at the moment. Ollie Watkins has been brilliant, but there's yeah. no striker in the league at the moment doing what he's doing. And you made a, he's just everywhere. You made a good point as well that. Um, everything about him is getting analysed and I think that's because when we signed him mm. we were crying out for a midfielder no one wanted another attacker for 85, 80 million so everything he did he came in with like one foot out the door already because there was a lot of people who were saying we do not need this player so and now he signed in the same summer as Harland doesn't know that was the big one yeah. yeah so now everyone is looking at him as oh my god there was actually method to the madness whereas back then no one thought we needed them no one could justify the price tag he's he's come in with a point to prove now this season so no absolutely you know again those those comparisons it's quite funny sometimes you need you can context can shift without your involvement so last summer it was Liverpool and Man City are the two best teams in the league mm. and they've both gone and spent big money on these big centre forwards which will change the dynamic of how they play and obviously like Haaland misses that sitter in the in the, in the in the charity shield and Nunes you know scores and looks brilliant and everyone's going ah ha ha laugh at Haaland how good Nunes 
says, but then that in, in some ways puts the microscope on. Well, actually, with a year further on, and Man United have just brought in a big centre forward for loads mm. of money who can't score a goal to save his life. And now, like by comparison, you're going, yeah, look, he's not Haaland, but... Look, he's 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 got seven and fourteen for us now. That mm. he's one and two. You know, I know the Ronaldo Messi era of football has totally thrown it all on its head. Of like somehow you've got to be a goal a game to be truly world class. Mm. If you're a one and two centre forward, then you are a world class yeah. centre forward. Make no mistakes it's about like it. One and two, is it? It's no, it's, 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 it's way less. Yeah, he's, he's like us the best, hasn't he? So yeah, he's got he's got seven goals in fourteen appearances. It's eleven goal contributions in six hundred and seventy eight minutes, which he's involved in a goal every sixty two minutes of football wow. that he plays this season. It's unreal. It's absolutely outrageous. Mm. Like is that that's better. Salah's like seventy. I think Salah's about seventy two to seventy four, something like that, off the top of my head. Um, so he, he's being more. He's scoring or assisting in a more prolific rate than Mohamed Salah yeah. for, for his time on the pitch. Um, and this is we're talking about. This is like Salah is a supreme being. Um, he is, you know, he is an absolute master of his art, and he's actually evolving his games to be something even more deadly in a, in a, in a different way. Darwin Nunes was still talking about how raw he is and yeah. how he's not quite smooth and he's not quite he's not quite polished yet. Like, can you imagine? Like, if he even if he just stays at this level, yeah. he's going to score. He's going to break twenty goals this season. You know, quite quite easily. And then what? And then what? What you know? What what above and beyond yeah. that? If he only gets twenty goals this season, then he's improved on last year, and we'll see that his all round levels improve. A high amount. Salah's literally like the zookeeper, and Nunez is the lion. He's like, just get out <laughs> yeah, there, just go. I'll, I'll pass the ball to you. You just do the fucking business. Because yeah. Salah, as he gets older, is create. You know, he's not losing his creative spark, but physically, he's going to get slower. Nunez is his pace. Yeah. He's the one who's going to run at teams, and Salah's benefiting from it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, yeah, again, I, I think it, it ties in perfectly because to you know, we were talking. I was talking with Neil Jones about the Ballon d'Or stuff and Salah finishing 11th. I know Liverpool have a crap season, but Salah's just, Salah's still brilliant. Actually turning into more of like this sort of like creative number 10 almost for us is very recognisable to world football. It's like, that's just like, people adore Totty. But I, I don't think there's many yeah. people who can tell yeah. you what Totty's goal and assist output was. Mm. I certainly couldn't. I, I loved Totty. And the same as same like he's a dance and all these kind of stuff. He's evolving into this like, yeah, this, 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 this absolute gem of a footballer in a completely different way and you're right Darwin Nunes is like the tip, the tip of the tip of the spear all, yeah. all of a sudden for us um, very 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 exciting what a hell of a goal that is um, yeah he's great love him long way continue so yeah what we saying Torres meets Suarez yeah I I, I- I think Suarez was just strange playing more. I, 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 I've never really... The Uruguayan thing's there. Yeah, yeah. And he is, yeah, a bit chaotic like Suarez was, but I, I see, because of the, the stature of him as well, I see a lot more of Suarez. His finishing's... Be, I mean, yeah. he, he falls over the one at Anfield the other day, but his finishing's actually quite strong. Look at the two goals against Newcastle. Like, yeah. It's for Torres. Yeah, I, 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 not many strikers put both of those away. Torres passed the eyeball test because he was just like the blonde hair, yeah, the yeah, physique, yeah. and he was so he, smooth as the way. Everything he did, he glided 
extended across yeah. the pitch. Yeah. So everything just looked totally within his control. Nunes is definitely much more it's a chaotic as the word. He's wild mm-hmm. in, in what he does. He's more animalistic in how he plays, um, which is the Suarez comparisons, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But even like some of the great Premier League strikers that were maligned, you know, like Andy Cole, we, we'd laugh our ass off at Andy Cole. Yeah. God, you know, he takes three chances, four chances, scored a goal, still scored loads of goals. Yeah. Just had his record broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Um, so yeah, long way to continue for Darwin. What do you think? What have you made of Darwin Nunes so far? Yeah, he's, he's he's exciting, isn't he? Yes, there you go. If you enjoyed those shows, do consider checking out redmenplus.com to get them in their entirety each and every week. And of course, as mentioned already, we've got a code for you. Use the code weekly to get it half price for the next two months. Yes, see out 2023 and the festive period in style with redmenplus.com podcasts each and every week and fill you with other great content as well. Yes, head to redmenplus.com, use the code weekly on a captain monthly subscription and get it for half price. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.